Volume One, Chapter Thirteen of Vixen. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Renata. Vixen by Mary Elizabeth Braden. Volume One, Chapter Thirteen. He belongs to the tame cat species. Life went on smoothly enough at the Abbey House after that evening. Violet tried to make herself happy among the surroundings of her childhood, patted the horses, drove her basket carriage with a favorite old pony, went among the villages, rode her thoroughbred bay for long wide explorations of the forest and neighboring country, looked with longing eyes sometimes at the merry groups riding to the meet, and went her lonely way with a heavy heart no more hunting for her she could not hunt alone and she had declined all friendly offers of escort it would have seemed a treason against her beloved dead to ride across country by anyone else's side every one had called at the abbey house and welcomed mrs tempest and her daughter back to hampshire they had been asked to five o'clock at ellingwood park to see the marvellous orchid they had been invited to half a dozen dinner parties. Violet tried her utmost to persuade her mother that it was much too soon after her father's death to think of visiting. My dear Violet, cried the widow, after going to that ball at Brighton, we could not possibly decline invitations here. It would be an insult to our friends. If we had not gone to the ball, we ought not to have gone, exclaimed Vixen my love you should have said so at the time mamma you know i was strongly against it mrs tempest shrugged her shoulders as who should say this is too much i know your dress cost a small fortune and that you danced every waltz violet she answered that is about all i do know very well mamma let us accept all the invitation let us be as merry as greeks perhaps it will make papa more comfortable in paradise to know how happy we are without him he won't be troubled by any uneasy thoughts about our grief at all events added vixen with a stifled sob how irreverently you talk mr scoville would be dreadfully shocked to hear you said mrs tempest the invitations were all accepted and mrs tempest for the rest of the winter was in a flutter about her dresses she was very particular as to the exact shade of silver-gray or lavender which might be allowed to relieve the summery mass of black and would spend the whole morning in discussing the propriety of a knot of scarlet ribbon or a border of gold passementry they went to ellangorn park and did homage to the wonderful orchid and discussed roderick's engagement to the duke's only daughter everybody said that it was lady jane's doing and there were some who almost implied that she had died on purpose to bring about the happy conjuncture violet was able to talk quite pleasantly about the marriage and to agree with everybody's praises of lady mabel's beauty elegance good style and general perfection christmas and the new year went by not altogether sadly it is not easy for youth to be full of sorrow the clouds come and go there are always glimpses of sunshine 
violet was grateful for the kindness that greeted her everywhere among her old friends and perhaps a little glad of the evident admiration according to her beauty in all circles life was just tolerable after all she thought of roderick Vaudry as of something belonging to the past something which had no part never would have any part in her future life he too was dead and passed away like her father lady mabel's husband the master of briarwood in essay and of ashburn in Passy was quite a different being from the rough lad with whom she had played at battledore and shuttlecock billiards croquet and rounders early in february mrs tempest informed her daughter that she was going to give a dinner it will seem very dreadful without dearest edward she said but of course having accepted hospitalities we are bound to return them do you really think we ought to burst out into dinner parties so soon mamma yes dear as we accepted the dinners if we had not gone it would have been different ah sighed vixen i suppose it all began with that ball at brighton like men's first disobedience and the fruit i shall miss poor mccroke to fill in the invitation cards let me do it mamma i can write a decent hand that is one of the few ladylike accomplishments i have been able to master and even that is open to objection as being too masculine if you would slope more violet and make your upstrokes finer and not cross your teeth so undeviatingly mrs tempest murmured amiably a lady's tea ought to be less pronounced there is something too assertive in your consonants violet wrote the cards the dinner was to be quite a grand affair three weeks notice and a french cook from the dolphin at southampton to take the conducts of a fair in the kitchen whereby the abbey house cook declared afterwards that there was nothing that frenchman did which he could not have done as well and that his wastefulness was enough to make a christian woman's hair stand on end three days before the dinner vixen riding arian home through the shrubbery after a long morning in the forest was startled by the vision of a dog cart a few yards in front of her a cart which at the first glance she concluded must belong to roderick Vaudry. the wheels were red the horse had a rakish air the light vehicle swung from side to side as it spun around the curve no that slim figure that neat waist the military air did not belong to roderick Vaudry. he here ejaculated vixen inwardly with infinity disgust i thought we had seen the last of him she had been out for two hours and a half and felt that arian had done quite enough or she would have turned the horse's head and gone back to the forest in order to avoid this unwelcome visitor i only hope mamma won't encourage him to come here she thought but i'm afraid that smooth tongue of his has too much influence over her and i haven't even poor croquet to stand by me i shall feel like a bird transfixed by the wicked green eyes of a velvet pot murdering cat and i have not a friend in the world she thought plenty of pleasant acquaintance ready to simper at me and pay me compliments because i am miss tempest of the abbey house but not one honest friend to stand by me and turn that man out of doors how dare he come here i thought i spoke plainly enough that night at brighton 
she rode slowly up to the house slipped lightly out of her saddle and led her horse round to the stables just as she had led the pony in her happy childish days the bright thoroughbred bay was as fond of her as if he had been a dog and as tame she stood by his manger caressing him while he ate his corn and feeling very safe from captain winstanley's society in the warm clover-scented stable she dawdled away half an hour in this manner before she went back to the house and ran up to her dressing-room if mamma sends for me now i shan't be able to go down she thought he can hardly stay more than an hour oh horror he is a tea-drinker mamma will persuade him to stop till five o'clock violet dawdled over her change of dress as she had dawdled in the stable she had never been more particular about her hair i have it all taken down phoebe she told her abigail i'm in no hurry but really miss it's beautiful nonsense after a windy ride don't be lazy phoebe you may give my hair a good brushing while i read a tap at the door came at this moment and phoebe ran to open it mrs tempest wishes miss tempest to come down to the drawing-room directly said the voice in the corridor there now miss cried phoebe how lucky i didn't take your hair down it never was nicer violet put on her black dress costly and simple as the attire polonius recommended to his son mrs tempest might relieve her custom with what bright or delicate hues she liked violet had worn nothing but black since her father's death her sole ornaments were a pair of black earrings and a large black enamel locket with one big diamond shining in the middle of it like an eye this locket held the squire's portrait and his daughter wore it constantly the louis quartus clock in the staircase struck five as violet went down of course he is staying for tea she thought with an impatient shrug of her shoulders he belongs to the tame cat species and has an inexhaustible flow of gossip spiced with mild malevolence the kind of frivolous ill-nature which says i would not do any one harm for the world but one may as well think the worst of everybody yes kettledrum was in full swing mrs scobel had come over from her tiny vicarage for half an hour chat and was sitting beside her hostess fire while captain winstanley lounged with his back to the canopy chimney-piece and looked benignantly down upon the two ladies the queen anne kettle was hissing merrily over its spirit lamp the perfume of the peacock was delicious the larks blazed cheerily in the low fireplace with its shining brass and irons not a repulsive picture assuredly yet vixen came slowly toward the charming circle looking black as thunder captain winstanley hurried forward to receive her how do you do she said as stiffly as a child brought down to the drawing-room bristling in newly brushed hair and the best frock and then turning to her mother she asked curtly what did you want from me mamma it was captain winstanley who asked to see you my dear won't you have some tea thanks no said vixen seating herself in a corner between mrs scobel and the mantelpiece and beginning to talk about the schools 
Conrad went Stanley gave her a curious look from under his dark brows, and then went on talking to her mother. He seemed hardly disconcerned by her rudeness. Yes, I assure you, if it hadn't been for the Harris, Brighton would have been unbearable after you left, he said. I ran across to Paris directly, the frost set in. But I don't wonder you were anxious to come back to such a lovely old place as this. I felt it a duty to come back, said Mrs. Tempest, with a pious air. But it was very sad at first. I never felt so unhappy in my life. I'm getting more reconciled now. Time softens all griefs. Yes, said the captain in a louder tone than before. Time is a clever horse. There's nothing he won't beat if you know how to ride him. You'll take some tea, insinuated Mrs. Tempest, her attention absorbed by the silver kettle, which was just now conducting itself as spitfireishly as in blackened black tin on a kitchen hub. I can never resist it, and perhaps after tea you will be so good as to give me that treat you talked about just now. To show you the house, said Mrs. Tempest, do you think we shall have light enough? Abundance. An old house like this is seen at its best in the twilight. Don't you think so, Mrs. Scoble? Oh, yes, exclaimed Mrs. Scoble, with a lively recollection of her album they who would see melrose aright should see it i think by the by sir walter scott says by moonlight yes for an ancient gothic abbey but twilight is better for a tudor manor-house are you sure it will not fatigue you inquired the captain with an air of solicitude as mrs tempest rose languidly now i shall be very pleased to show you the dear old place it is full of sad associations of course but i do not allow my mind to dwell upon them more than i can help no cried vixen bitterly we go to dinner parties and kettledrums and go into raptures about orchids and old china and try to cure our broken hearts that way are you coming violet asked her mother sweetly no thanks mamma i'm tired after my ride mrs scoble will help you to play cicerone Captain Winstanley left the room without so much as a look at Violet Tempest. Yet her rude reception had galled him more than any cross that fate had lately inflicted upon him. He had fancied that time would have softened her feeling toward him, that rural seclusion and the society of rustic nobodies would have made him appear at that advantage that she would have welcomed the brightness and culture of metropolitan life in his person he had hoped a great deal from the lapse of time since their last meeting but the sullen reception the silent expression of dislike told him that violet tempest aversion was a plant of deep root the first woman who ever disliked me he thought no wonder that she interests me more than other women she is like that chestnut mare that threw me six times before i got the better of her yet she proved the best horse i've ever had and i rode her till she hadn't a leg to stand upon and then sold her for twice the money she cost me there are two conquests a man can make over a woman one to make her love him the other that suit of chain armour was worn by sir gilbert tempest at acre said the widow 
the plate armor belonged to sir percy who was killed at barnet each of them was knighted before he was five and twenty years old for prowess in the field the portrait over the chimney-piece is the celebrated judge tempest who was famous for well he did something wonderful i know perhaps mrs scobel remembers concluded mrs tempest feebly it was at the trial of the seven bishops suggested the vicar's wife in the time of queen elizabeth assented mrs tempest that one with a lace cravat and steel breastplate was an admiral in charles the second's reign and was made a baronet for his valiant behaviour when the dutch fleet were at chatham the baronetcy died with a son who left only daughters the eldest married a mr percival who took the name of tempest and sat for the borough of perhaps mrs scobel knows i have such a bad memory for these things though i have heard my dear husband talked about them often captain van stanley looked round the great oak panelled hall dreamily and heard very little of mrs tempest vague prattling about her husband's ancestors what a lovely old place he was thinking a house that would give a man importance in the land supported as it was by an estate bringing in something between five and six thousand a year how much military distinction how many battles must a soldier win before he could make himself master of such a fortune and it needed but for that girl to like me and a little gold ring would have given me the freehold of it all thought conrad winstanley bitterly how many penniless girls or girls with fortunes so far beneath the measure of a fine gentleman's need as to be useless being over head and ears in love with the elegant captain how many pretty girls had tempted him by their beauty and winsomeness to be false to his grand principle that marriage meant promotion and here was an obstinate minx who would have realized all his aims and whom he felt himself able to love to distraction into the bargain and behold some adverse devil had entered into her mind and made conrad winstanley hateful to her it's like witchcraft he said to himself why should this one woman be different from all other women perhaps it's the colour that ruddy auburn hair the loveliest i've ever saw means temper but i conquered the chestnut and i conquer miss tempest or make her smart for it a handsome music gallery is it not said the widow the carved balustrade is generally admired then they went into the dining-room and looked curiously at about a dozen large dingy pictures of the italian school which a man who would knew anything about art would have condemned at a glance fine examples of brown varnish all of them thence to the library lined with the carved oak dwarf bookcases containing books which nobody had opened for a generation livy gibbon hume burke smollett plutarch thompson these sages clad in shiny brown leather and gilding made as good a lining for the walls as anything else and gave an air of snugness to the room in which the family dined when there was no company they came presently to the squire's den at the end of a corridor there was my dear husband's study sighed mrs tempest it looks south into the rose garden 
and is one of the prettiest rooms in the house but we kept it locked and i think violet has the key pray don't let miss tempest be disturbed said captain winstanley i have seen quite enough to know what a delightful house you have all the interests of days that are gone all the luxuries of to-day i think that blending of past and present is most fascinating i should never be a severe restorer of antiquity or refuse to sit in a chair that wasn't undeniable gothic ah sighed the vicar's wife who was an advanced disciple in the school of eastlake but don't you think everything should be in harmony if i were as rich as mrs tempest i wouldn't have so much as a teapot that was not strictly tudor <laughs> then i'm afraid you have to go without the teapot and drink your tea out of a tankard restored captain winstanley at any rate i would be as tudor as i could be and not have a brass bedstead a spring mattress a moderator lamp or a coal scuttle in your house said the captain my dear madam it is all very well to be medieval in matters ecclesiastic but home comforts must not be sacrificed in the pursuit of the ascetics or a modern luxury discarded because it looks like an anachronism mrs scobel was delighted with captain winstanley he was just the kind of man to succeed in a rustic community his quiet self-assurance set other people at their ease he carried with him an air of life and movement as if he were the patentee of a new pleasure my husband would be so pleased to see you at that vicarage if you are staying any time in the neighbourhood she said but after this little gush of friendliness she reflected that there could not be much sympathy between the man of society and her anglican parson and that it was she and not ignatius scobel who would be glad to see captain winstanley at the vicarage i shall be charmed he replied i was never so delighted with any place as your forest it is a new world to me i hate myself for having lived in england so long without knowing this beautiful corner of the land i am staying with my old chief colonel pike at warham court and i am only here for a few days but you are coming to my dinner-party said mrs tempest that is a pleasure i cannot deny myself and you will come and see our church and schools said mrs scobel i shall be more than pleased i passed your pretty little church i think on my way here there was a tin tea kettlebell ringing for vespers exclaimed mrs scobel the exploration of the house took a long time conducted in a somewhat desultory and dawdling manner but the closing in of night and the sound of the dinner gong gave the signal of captain winstanley's departure mrs tempest would have liked to ask him to dinner but she had an idea that violet might make herself objectionable and refrain from this exercise of hospitality he was coming to the great dinner he would see her dress with a feather trimming which was really prettier than worth masterpiece or at any rate newer though it only came from madame theodore of Bruton street sustained by this comforting reflection she parted with him quite cheerfully 
End of Volume 1, Chapter 13